chapter four of the chief legatee by anna catherine green this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva chapter four mr ransom waits gerridge rose early primed as he said to himself for business but to his great disappointment he found mr ransom in a frame of mind which precluded action indeed that gentleman looked greatly changed he not only gave evidence of a sleepless night but showed none of the spirit of the previous evening and hesitated quite painfully when gerridge asked him if he did not intend to go ahead with the interview they had promised themselves that's as it may be was the hesitating reply i hardly think that i shall visit the man you mean this morning he interests me and i hope that none of his movements will escape you but i'm not ready to talk to him i prefer to wait a little to give my wife a chance i should feel better and have less to forget just as you say returned the detective stiffly he's under our thumb at present i can't tell when he may wriggle out not while your eye's on him and your eye won't leave him as long as you have confidence in the reward i've promised you perhaps not but you take the life out of me last night you were too hot this morning you are too cold but it's not for me to complain you know where to find me when you want me and without more ado the detective went out mr ransom remained alone and in no enviable frame of mind he was distrustful of himself distrustful of the man who had made all this trouble and distrustful of her though he would not acknowledge it every baser instinct in him drove him to the meeting he declined to see the man to force from him the truth seemed the only rational thing to do but the final words of his wife's letter stood in his way she had advised patience if patience would clear the situation and bring him the result he so ardently desired then he would be patient that is for a day he did not promise to wait longer yes he would give her a day that was time enough for a man suffering on the rack of such an intolerable suspense one day but even that day did not pass without breaks in his mood and more than one walk in the direction of the st denis hotel if gerridge's eye was on him as well as on the special object of his surveillance he must have smiled more than once at the restless flittings of his client about the forbidden spot in the evening it was the same but the next morning he remained steadfastly at his hotel he had laid out his future course in these words i will extend the time to three days then if i do not hear from her i will get that wry-necked fellow by the throat and twist an explanation from him but the three days passed and he found the situation unchanged then he set as his limit the end of the week but before the full time had elapsed he was advised by gerridge that he himself was being followed in his turn by a couple of private detectives and while still under the agitation of this discovery was further disconcerted by having the following communication thrust into his hand in the open street by a young woman who succeeded in losing herself in the crowd before he had got so much as a good look at her you can judge his amazement as he read the few lines it contained 
read the papers to-night and forget the stranger at the st denis that was all but the writing was hers the hours passed slowly till the papers were cried in the street what mr ransom read in them increased his astonishment i might say his anxiety it was a paragraph about his wife an almost incredible one running thus a strange explanation is given of the disappearance of mrs roger ransom on her wedding day as our readers will remember she accompanied her husband to the hotel but managed to slip away and leave the house while he still stood at the desk this act for which nothing in her previous conduct has in any way prepared her friends is now said to have been due to the shock of hearing some time during her wedding day that a sister whom she had supposed dead was really alive and in circumstances of almost degrading poverty as this sister had been her own twin the effect upon her mind was very serious to find and rescue this sister she left her newly made husband in the surreptitious manner already recorded in the papers that she is not fully herself is shown by her continued secrecy as to her whereabouts all that she has been willing to admit to the two persons she has so far taken into her confidence her husband and the agent who conducts her affairs is that she has found her sister and cannot leave her why she does not state the case is certainly a curious one and mr ransom has the sympathy of all his friends confused and in a state of mind bordering on frenzy mr ransom returned to the hotel and sought refuge in his own room he put no confidence in what he had just read he regarded it as a newspaper story and a great fake but she had bid him read it and this fact in itself was very disturbing for how could she have known about it if she had not been its author and if she was its author what purpose had she expected it to serve he was still debating this question when he reached his own room on the floor a little way from the sill lay a letter it had been thrust under the door during his absence lifting it in some trepidation he cast a glance at its inscription and sank staggering into the nearest chair asking himself if he had the courage to open and read it for the handwriting like that of the note handed him in the street was georgian's and he felt himself in a maze concerning her which made everything in her connection seem dreamlike and unreal it was not long however before he had mastered its contents they were strange enough as this transcription of them will show you have seen what has happened to me but you cannot understand how i feel she looks exactly like me it is that which makes the world eddy about me i cannot get used to it it is like seeing my own reflected image step from the mirror and walk about doing things two of us roger two if you saw her you would call her georgian and she says that she knows you admires you and she says it in my voice i try to shut my ears but i hear her saying it even when her lips do not move she is as ignorant as she is afflicted and i cannot leave her she cannot hear a sound though she can talk well enough about what is going on in her own mind and she is so wayward and uncertain of temper 
owing to her ignorance and her difficulty in understanding me that i don't know what she would do if once let out of my sight i love you i love you but i must stay right here your affectionate and most unhappy georgian the sheet with its tear-stained lines fell from his grasp then he caught it up again and looked carefully at the signature it was his wife's without doubt then he studied the rest of the writing and compared it with that of the note which had been thrust into his hands earlier in the day there was no difference between them except that there were evidences of faltering in the latter not noticeable in the earlier communication as he noted these tokens of weakness or suffering he caught up the telephone receiver in good earnest and called out garridge's number when the detective answered he shouted back have you read the evening papers if you haven't do so at once then come directly to me it's business now and no mistake and our first visit shall be on the fellow at the st denis End of chapter four